you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL Podcast as the vapors welcome back to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis and i'm joined by a room full of heroes colleen wolf chris wessling and greg rosenthal what's up boys hey dan and girls i'm just so happy i don't have to do that weird awkward iso cam thing where wow. i don't know Can what we to do, do it and... td is there any way to do that anyway just an awkward we're iso doing we're colleen. doing it there we go there we go yeah. no, no, it's and an awkward too. iso hey and then I do one of these, and it's weird. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you're listening to the podcast on the way to work or if you're pumping iron and you want to see an awkward ISO, check out YouTube.com <laughs> where you can watch this whole episode. You can see Colleen trying her best there to overcome awesome. the awkwardness. Yeah, I know. I don't really – yeah, it's weird. The wolf, wolf woman, you usually uh, sit in with us for a, a portion of the podcast. I do. But with Mark Sessler in London with Connor Orr, and we're going to mm-hmm. get to them a little bit later – Via the phone, you're going to sit in the entire show. Yeah, it's crazy. I would, I would imagine there's a lot of nerves coursing through you right now. <laughs> no. No? No, not at all. A little butterflies in the old stomach. I did have a cookie before I came up here, so maybe that's what that is. But yeah, no, I'm fine. Is it true that you swallowed tobacco juice on your way to the studio? <laughs> I, I was vomit? questionable before the podcast, but I did play. Okay, so <laughs> Colleen's here. Thank you for joining us. A very busy Day on Sunday, Colin, you were on the NFL Game Day Blitz, yep. the couch show with uh, Dave Damashek. Uh-huh. How's that going? NFL Now, Game Day Blitz. It's good. Um, we did all sorts of stuff today. Uh, we got up, walked around a little mm-hmm. bit, so that was good. That's uh, called exploring the space yeah. in the studio. Uh-huh. It, it was fun. And then um, David Nickel, uh, he brought his son over, dressed mm. as a football, and Sheck kicked a field goal with him. That sounds potentially yeah. uh, litigious. Like a, but like it was fine. Or like because a it was all for NFL now. 
Dave's great with kids. <laughs> uh, so this is our Sunday night, our flagship show, I like to call it, Chris, as you know. Uh, our weekly recap, this one, week seven. Hubba hubba, we are rolling. And we got a big show this week, and we're going to... Uh, a lot of games to get to, but none bigger than the showdown in the AFC East between the New England Patriots and my New York Jets. Uh, we'll talk about that. It was, it did live up to the expectations. It was a very good game. Uh, maybe not the ending that I wanted, Greg. A little different in okay. your case, though. Okay, uh, you've recovered, though. You seem you uh, a little a down while. in the dumps. Was it a little awkward watching the game? Well, well we'll get, get to that. Okay. We'll, we'll get apart. to that. Um, Mar- As I said, Mark and Connor from London. We're going to get them on the phone, talk about both the game... The Bills and Jaguars played, of course, early this morning. Uh, and the big tweet-up at a London pub where I've been told an estimate of 50 to 70 listeners were at the bar with the heroes. Wow. Good How about start that? Now. 50 to 70,000. That would be crazy. So you're, you're disappointed as the No, I, it was great. Greg, uh, not I'm impressed. looking forward to hearing more. And then finally, Andrew Luck's struggles continue. You know, as we're going to go through all the games, we'll get to the Colts and Saints. And Andrew Luck uh, maybe had a nice statistical day, but doesn't mean he had a good day. So that's all the stuff we're going to get to and a lot more. So why don't we get going? Please. We'll start, yes, at Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots, yes, remain big brother in the AFC East. Tom Brady led New England on two fourth-quarter touchdown drives, the difference in a 30-23 to win over the New York Jets. Um, this was the game uh, where the Jets were up by five points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they seemed to be in good position, but Tom Brady still exists. And that's the difference in this rivalry. It's, been, it, it's not Rex Ryan's fault or, or Herm Edwards' fault or Todd Bowles' fault. It is the Patriots have... Perhaps the greatest quarterback ever, still in his prime at age 38, and he led the, against the number one defense, just like he did against the number one defense last year in the Super Bowl. In this case, it was the Jets' turn, getting two touchdowns put on him in the fourth quarter. Brady surgical in this game, Greg Rosenthal, uh, looking every bit the MVP through Week 7, in my mind. The Jets did their best. They hung with him. It's a moral victory, if you want to look at it that way. Disappointing for me as a Jets fan because I thought they were right there, but the difference is number 12. Well, for the first and last time in his career, Tom Brady led the team in rushing. <laughs> and 15 that, yards. That just shows, though, that they didn't even bother to run, and when they tried a little bit, it didn't work. They don't have Deion Lewis in the game, so James White gets almost all the snaps at running back. They survived that. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I was thinking Tom Brady was declining in 2012. It was like three years ago when we, when we thought he started to go down because we're just trained to believe that players are going to get worse when they're 35, 36 years old. It's very natural. It's normal. And yet he's, he's really throwing a perfect game right now for this season. Obviously his numbers, you know, yards per attempt aren't as high in this game as they're going to be, but he was playing a great defense and he got 30 points and they got the fourth quarter comeback in the win. But he's essentially, what is he now, 16 touchdowns, one interception, and the interception was a drop from Julian Edelman. He's essentially having, like throwing a perfect game. We noticed he's, he remade himself over the last few years. He's much more nimble in the pocket than he was a couple years ago. And we noticed this last year when they played the Broncos, the difference between Peyton Manning and and Tom Brady in their pocket movement. In that win over the Broncos last year, Manning couldn't move in the pocket, and Brady Mm. 
looked as nimble as can be, and he's looked even more nimble this year. Not to mention he's got a hose. I mean, it, they people have been waiting for his arm to fall off, but his arm is still top-notch. It's one of the best in the league. The and he dealt with a lot of drops, too. Ten. Yeah. Which is an wow. astounding number. Five alone from Brandon LaFell, who was activated from the pup list. Okay, so that's why his yards per attempt was bad. Could not catch. So, really... He could have been, you know, 40 for 50 or whatever it was. I mean, this it was just such a great a great performance. And they ran the ball nine times all game. And people talk about how it's important to have balance and all that. And four of those are Brady. And, yeah. And I assume but, a couple were the kneel downs. Uh, yeah. And, no, there was no kneel down. But uh, we'll get to that, too, because Brandon Marshall played a, a factor in that. Oh, but right. um, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick have the confidence, and they have something very few coaches can, can say, which is we can't run the ball, Tom take care of this, win the game, and he could do it against a great defense. I mean, it's so frustrating to watch it as a Jets fan. I mean, I've been watching this this stuff since 2001 or whatever it's been, and when, when he says things in the, in the media like, I could play 10 more years, and he's playing at this level right now, I legitimately get nervous that Tom Brady will be beating my favorite team for 25 years. I, I can tell right now. I always know when Dan Hansis is upset because he really, <laughs> he really gets into a neat, gets a certain look on yes. his face. It's like serious Dan comes out. It's and rare. I, I just really wondered during this game, what was going on between the two of you? What was the dynamic like? Well, you asked me that over um, at the Damashek, the couch show, and it's, it's interesting because, I'm first of all, I'm the one that's covering the game, quote-unquote, so I'm the one watching it, and Greg has his boss duties, so he's watching other games. Well, we also sit apart. I'm in, sitting in, I'm in the middle of the room, a lot but going Gre- on over there. You, you admitted it you know, as much after the last Super Bowl that, You've already, that was like the cherry on the top of the Sunday. And no matter what happens going forward, you don't really care. So that's not what I said at all. I said, I'm just good <laughs> from here. They've done enough. Exactly. Nothing's and that, crush that me. informs your fan experience and it changes the dynamic completely. But I still was nervous kind of watching uh, how this game uh, was laying out. Then again, we're at work and I'm covering two other games and I'm also, you know, managing our entire news thing. So all we're paying right. attention. I'm just saying we're, brag. I'm saying we're we're half paying attention to the game on some level. The thing that gets me is Dan running over after they, you know, score the first touchdown or they take a lead at some yes. point and he just starts dancing around the room <laughs> and and shoving it in our news director's face, Dave Shot, who's a big well, fan, and just being like, "Yeah." And the thing that gets me and does I Shot not deserve it by the way? No, he totally deserves it and most Patriots fans do as well. But the thing that gets me about Jets fans is no matter how many times, you know, they pull the football away from him, like there was no doubt in Dan's mind that the Jets were going to win this game and that this was the time. And they were all feeling so good uh, about it. It sounds very throne of sleaze, this yeah. opinion to have. Yeah, because I am, listen, the last true fan standing on the Around the NFL podcast, as I've said. True. And the, the bottom line is I never give up on my team. I believe they're finally going to get over the hump. I can testify there were quite a few fist pumps and oh yes coming from. I was very excited, and I wasn't obnoxious all game. I got excited at one point, but I kept I kept to myself. Brandon Marshall has been um, the key to the Jets' offense. Him and Chris Ivory this season, he's been so great on a weekly basis. But one thing I'll say, and he is on his fourth team, despite being a borderline Hall of Fame candidate at this point of his career, is he does one or two things, whether it's physically or mentally, almost every week that scratch makes you scratch your head. In, In this case. He had a drop touchdown on third down in the early in the fourth quarter that really obviously cost the Jets four points on an easily catchable ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick should have had three touchdowns today and no interceptions. It's a physical mistake. It happens. But then another mental error. On the last play of the game, the Jets kick a 55-yard field goal. 
and then they recover the onside kick. So I'm excited. Greg's, you know, not even paying attention. I really. was watching it. Um, and they, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick drops back, completes a pass around the 35-yard line, eight seconds, seven seconds, six seconds. The Jets race up. Brandon Marshall went downfield, jogging back, not aware that he needs to get to the line, doesn't get set. They spike the ball at one second, but it's an illegal procedure. Game over. That can't happen. And he tweets after the game that I should walk home to New York after what happened today. But it's like, same thing happened when he said this is the stupidest play in history with his lateral. It's been happening for 10 years. It, I mean, these things, I guess that's part of the Brandon Marshall experience. It's part of the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, too, because I don't think Tom Brady makes that throw. That was a very risky a very risky throw to go in the middle of the field, and it was only like a 10-yard gain for very minimal gain, and then they were snapping the ball literally with one or two seconds. When he, when he threw, threw that pass, everyone in New England, certainly everyone on the sideline, Bill Belichick's thing, thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he deserves a little bit of They were playing for a Hail Mary, which they didn't – there wasn't a lot of time left after the recovery. I think there was around 15 seconds. But they could have maybe done a sideline out pass and given them a little bit more time. They could have tried to run room. a couple more plays at that Potentially, point. Potentially. No timeouts. Um, any, any other things in this game, Chris Ivory had a bad hamstring, hurt it on the first play. So that was – they that really was a big difference. I mean, for him to be yeah, compromised in this game they was were not dominating great. But that's part of the Chris Ivory experience. That's true. You can't expect him to play 16 games, and that's why he's one of the most valuable running backs in the NFL. By the way, because there's such a drop off between him and Bilal Powell and Zach Stacy. I do admit, though, that the, the Jets should be a little higher on that old watchability rankings, which was scientifically done. <laughs> but maybe it didn't take into account everything going on there. Mar Marcus Gilchrist, I've noticed, has played very well for them. He went for a ride today on Gronk. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Gronk had a career-high 11 catches. Uh, you know, he's so great. This is why the Patriots are the best team. They can play any style you want against the defense that calls for it. They'll spread you out like the Jets and the Bills. And they'll win with Amendola and Gronk. And then against a team like the Colts, they'll play power football and they'll win with Gronk and Blunt. I mean, they can and play they, any and style And when they you play want. a team like the, the Jets, you said it. It's not just having confidence, hey, here's the ball, uh, Tom Brady. We're not going to bother to run the game. That just still takes a different sort of mindset that, that that's just we're going to approach every game totally different that just most coaches, I don't yeah. think, ever have the confidence. Yeah, that's a good I point. I Todd Bowles at the end of this game, too, just his facial expression when he was walking off the field. I think he really thought that they were going to win that game. They were game. close. They played well. And he they looked close. so upset. You could see it. I don't buy into the moral victory angle, which I've heard some Jets fans, and I've seen it on Twitter, but they, they, them. they weren't that far behind in terms of as a team, but the difference is... At They're the quarterback position. They're good. Jets are They're good. They're good. Patriots are great. I agree. The, the, the Jets are good. Uh, moving on. All right. So the, we talked about the Jets and Pats. Let's talk Speaking about it. Speaking of good teams. Yes. Well, we'll see about that. High octane humil humiliation time in Miami where the Dolphins hung a 40 burger on the Texans in the first half in route to a 44-26 victory. The stat line that stands out above, above all others here, Colleen Wolf, the Dolphins had a 35-0 lead before Houston had its first yard. Wow. Yard. Wow, wow, There's wow. There's no way that's ever Insane. happened in NFL history. Never, never happened before. Don't even need to check Elias Sports Bureau. <laughs> Will never happen again. <laughs> My, Ryan Tannehill in this game, too, you guys. Tw he, dating back to his last game, he had 25 straight completions, which is an NFL record. Who would have thought that Ryan Tannehill would have done that mm. based on the way that he was playing before last week? The stat lines are crazy in this game. He was 18-19 for 244, four touchdowns, perfect pass rating of 158.3. And did, I don't think he threw more than a couple passes in the second half. 
Joe Philbin is somewhere thinking, what, you couldn't have kept me around to play uh, the Titans and the Texans? That's I what mean, I Bill Laser, you couldn't have drawn up these game plans while I was there? Joe Philbin would have lost to these oh, teams. No, uh, that's unfair. They would have. Everyone's His gonna... team quit on him. That means they would have look lost. At, look at Philbin's team last year. They went through a similar stretch they where they couldn't win the game and this then they started winning. This isn't last year. They quit on their coach. Dan, Dan Campbell's all, my point was essentially Dan Campbell's not going into the room and drawing up the offensive game plans. He, he'll be the first to tell you that. I think he's, never he's done definitely that in his life going either. in and saying, I want more Lamar Miller. And I That's want more fair. power yeah. football. They Last week, they played a lot less out of the shotgun than they had in the last year and a half combined. I think he's absolutely changed. And, and one thing he did is play your boy, Richard Matthews, every single <laughs> snap. And he had a great week last week. And, you know, he came through with a big play again today. Jarvis Landry's been playing well all year. I mean, the... The whole thing with adding Cameron Wake last week was you just added a total zero to someone that's hurting your team on the field to, okay, now we have one of the best pass rushers in the league back again. He and Sue combined for four sacks today. Jarvis Landry, too. Jarvis Landry so good. looks like a superstar on the rise if they can ever get consistent on that offense. His 50-yard touchdown was a thing of beauty. Well, I think it would be on any top 10 uh, list this year at the end of the season. Uh, Lamar Miller, he had 236 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. Of this first game. half. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Woo! And if you, and if you, <laughs> and they, you know, Dan Campbell, they were actually passing the ball up 41 nothing at the end of the second quarter, too. Because Campbell, I guess, this is like, oh, make a statement. This is our time to rise. I, I heard him be, say that. Also yeah. because he's not Gus Bradley. Well, I thought that was really impressive. Not to go back to last week, but that was one of the things I was impressed by Campbell and the team last week is they ran the whole game to set up throwing deep, being very aggressive late in that game, even though they had a big league last week, which is something that you would see you know, a smart coach do. I don't I know what what do you do also now if you're Bill O'Brien. Well, let's oh. let's talk about the biggest story to me coming out of this game is Arian Foster uh, is going to miss the season with a torn Achilles tendon, according to our uh, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. And on one hand, it's like, well, the Texans were already bad; they're two and five. They've gotten blown out, you know, twice now in in the last month where they weren't even remotely competitive. On the other hand, Aaron Foster looked really good last week. This is a team people thought would be in the mix. They're only one game out in the AFC South, and losing Foster for the season kind of feels like that's finito. You're done. Yeah, he just can't stay healthy. It's his third major surgery in two years. And we know he's kind of a a different cat, so you wonder how many of these like crazy injuries he could take Mm. before he decides, do I really want to keep fighting when my body is telling me something different? And now, Wes, because I know you'll like this. And it might not be the first time, the last time we do it, but here we go. And the disrespect that they show our quarterbacks, I'm tired of that too. <laughs> oh, no. Because both those kids can play. They just need a chance. And one of them is going to get it. Enough is enough. Every player that is out there, all 90 players, are players that I want for the 2015 season. When you effing guys show up to practice tomorrow, they better be ready to effing go. Uh, Ryan Mallett didn't even make the plane to the freaking game today. He had a flight uh, commercial. I don't like commercial. If you had to put all the money in your bank account on which player did not make his team's plane this morning, (laughs) wouldn't he be your guest? It would yes. be Ryan Mal. Yeah, Ryan Mal would be your guest. And, and Brian Hoare is a limited player, and Ryan Mal is a total goober. Last time, remember, it was the alarm clock. This time, he got legitimately tra- said he got stuck in traffic. Using all my excuses from when I was, like, 19 years old. Oh, stuck in traffic. Is Houston's coaching staff intact before their next game? Oh, yeah. I And I think going into next season, I don't think they're, they could do anything that's going to lose their job just about. 
But I mean, they had a really be. good year one, a bad year two, and a, and a team, an owner, I think, that's shown that he wants to uh, see see how things play out. He did it with Gary Kubiak. He gave him a lot of time. And he can't win without a quarterback. Right, and yeah, to my point, I guess I made a couple weeks ago, but I think it was about Houston. J.J. Watt was the number one player in the top 100 players of 2015 this past year, and his team was losing 41 nothing at halftime today. It's like... Defensive players, you could be great, but you can't dictate the game the way like a quarterback can. Well, their defense, you know, the quarterback to me seems everyone's just going to blame the quarterback for everything in Houston. And Brian Hoyer is not the reason why they're down 40 nothing against the Falcons, you know, and the Dolphins. And they have some that, good, that's an entire team. They have some good players on defense. So is it the coaching? I don't know. Romeo Cornell's definitely not doing Oof. a good job. Right? I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I don't think you can put everything on Brian Hoyer. He's played very well. Uh, the last two games going into this. Not today. Nate Not Washington today. had a good game, but, I mean. It was all garbage. Junk time. Uh, junk time, junk, yeah. Junk time. Brent Grimes did a really good job on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, so, all right. Yes, before so. we get out of this, the yes. Dolphins are a good team. Let's see. They got the. No, they are a good let's, team. Let's talk about Wes here, because Wes is a little overexcited about the They got two cupcakes with a, a rah-rah coach. What, do you want to wait until they start knocking off everybody and then say they're I a good team? I give them all the credit in the world for taking care of business against two bum teams. Let's see what they do against, against the Pats. Well, that's not your measuring stick. If that's the case, then the Jets stick. No, the Jets they are good. They lost. No, the Jets are good. They lost to the Pats. You can't use the Pats as a measuring stick no, for one be team. Competitive. Be competitive. Oh, they'll be competitive. Okay. They're a Let's different see. team now. I'm no, not they, saying you have to beat them. Be competitive. No, they're they three will. and three. What they also had was a little bit of luck that they got that bye week so nice and early so they get rid of Philbin and change, thing, change the tires. I mean, they're back to five. Everything is going perfectly for them now. They needed that luck. All right, next up, you know, Connor Orr, Mark Sessler in London. You know, the plan was for us to have them on Skype, on the video, and we'd be able to talk to them. Technology, 2015, we're not there yet. It's still going to be my favorite part of the show. Yeah, I mean, the, whether it's video or we got him on the phone. Uh, so here we are on the line right now. Mark and Connor, are you there, boys? Hello. There we go. And this is, we did get one photo. <laughs> and if you're watching the show on YouTube, you can check out uh, Connor and Mark. Uh, looks like they're standing uh, in front of a river and holding bags of merchandise. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, the River Thames, you know, so. Uh, it's a pretty big deal, and uh, we bought uh, we bought some soccer jerseys. We're all in, baby. We're we're, we're not coming home. That's right. As TD pumps his fist behind the glass, you went to a, a soccer match yesterday, correct? We did. We went to see uh, Fulham, which is you know I basically went in knowing literally nothing, but they have a little tiny thirty thousand person stadium called Craven Cottage. Is that right? Yeah, and it was absolutely the best time I've had in ages. You, you basically stand outside, get a few pints, and then you go in, and it is utter chaos for two-plus hours. This is what Mark needed, by the way. He needed oh, to yeah. get away, experience something new, take him out of the rut. Uh, and The crushing so he, tedium of life won't hit him hard at all when he gets back. Oh, no, 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 no. When he's grinding out uh, hamstring uh, injury reports on Thursday. But forget about that. In the now, you're still in London, and uh, this is what we're going to get into. We'll start with the game, of course, the Bills and Jaguars, a big Jaguars victory um, uh, that we'll get into. You guys were at the stadium at Wembley covering. And we also want to, of course, talk about uh, the tweet-up that you guys had, a, had at a pub uh, in uh, London town. So let's save that for the end. Let's talk about the game first. And this is a game, of course, guys, that the Jaguars jumped out to a 27-3 to lead, um, almost lost all of it. In fact, uh, 
they did lose the lead late in the game, but then a late touchdown drive. Final score, 34-31 Jaguars over the Injury-depleted Bills. Depleted Bills. What were you guys seeing live from Wembley? Well, I mean, you know, the the Jaguars locker room, I mean, you'd expect it to be, like, a little bit down because they were up 27-3, but everyone was elated. There were guys dancing in front of cameras, and there were people going nuts because, you know, the sense that I got from everybody was, like, let's just win a game and figure it out. Like, you know, we have all 23, 24, 22-year-old kids. Let's just try to get one, and then, you know, and we'll move on. Well, they've only won 11 since they fired Jack Del Rio, and they're only one game out of first place. So as bad as it was, when they lost that lead and they finally needed a drive, they did come up with one. That was the biggest thing. You know, uh, I talked to, like, one one of the players who had kind of been there for a little bit longer, and uh, he said that Blake's throw took some serious – the quote was, like, serious balls or something like that because – We call it onions here at Stateside. Onions, right, right. Uh, He'd thrown, like, an awful pick six, like, two drives or three drives before that, and it was, like, another deep route. It was across his body, and he nailed it. It was a a great throw. Then again, we might be talking about how the Jaguars completely self-destructed and Bortles was a huge reason why, if not for a very shaky penalty call. Mark, I know you uh, were in the Bills locker room, uh, and they weren't too fired up about that. Well, no, I think that, you know, across the board, you know, Nickel Roby was sitting in his locker. You know, the one thing, the difference between the Jags locker room and the Bills was in, in the Buffalo room, they got out of there about as fast as possible. And they were out in the hallway taking you know, personal pizzas to a bus that was getting them out of the country. This, this went completely <laughs> I bet the pizza was against great. what they were planning. And, you know, they, they, that call was, that call changed the game. I think they would have, they would have iced it had they, you know, it was a third and 15. Roby gets nailed with the PI, 17-yard flag, new life for the Jaguars, and it completely changed. All, all week long, all the Bills talked about was the favorable matchup against the bad team, get to four and three, get to your bye week, get healthy, and, you know, kill some of these narratives that have plagued Rex Ryan this season. Uh, Everything went opposite. Rex didn't even seem angry after the, after the game. He just seemed completely, utterly exhausted. I'm sure he's drained again because he knows that it's his defense that ended up losing this game. And if you're, if you're a Jets fan, you've, you've seen this before. Besides, Jet, uh, Rex Ryan's known for his defense, and, you know, there have been some very good defenses in his NFL career, but... It's not the first time a, Jet, a Rex Ryan defense has blown a lead on the final drive of the game. Sometimes his defenses can't close, and that's what happened today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things that, you know, Rex, his defense is going to eventually, you know, he always says it's kind of an unwritten book and, you know, it's, it's constantly evolving, but clearly something's broken here. I mean, you know, when the players are complaining about it, when Jim Kelly, who's done you know everything he could to support Rex Ryan, is going out at charity events and bashing this defense. I mean, you know, I think that it's time to maybe you know take take a spare moment and really just to kind of take a look in the mirror and see what you're doing on defense. Although EJ, let's be honest, EJ Manuel lost them the game. The defense, they, the Bills turned the ball over four times, and the Bills defense played more than well enough to win for 90 percent of this game until that last drive. I mean, the EJ that six minutes mark you wrote about it was just. One of the six craziest minutes we've seen all season. It went from three nothing to twenty-eight to three in six minutes. Yeah, and I think you know the fans. The takeaway with the fans at Wembley is they, you know, I think when this series started way back when, they they would get most excited about an extra point, 
They're a much savvier crowd, and I think they recognized they were watching a quarterback completely collapse. I mean, it was it was one it was it happened all in eight plays, and and it was for all this bizarre narrative about how EJ Manuel is seen as the better option than Tyrod Taylor, and there's this sneaky thing where they want to have him be a starter. That needs to absolutely go away. Oh, it will. This game. I think it will. I think that's safe to say. Rex said after the game, he's. 100% confident in E.J. Emanuel as the backup quarterback. Well, as the backup quarterback. That's because oh, well. their third quarterback was on a different team a, a week ago. I mean, what's he going to say? Also, I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% sure Rex Ryan's lying. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the game. What was it like like before the game? You guys were walking around and, and everything like that, the pregame and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was totally cool. I mean, there was such, like, a tailgating atmosphere. I mean, there, there were streets just, like, flooded with people, um, you know, drinking. And, like, uh, there was, like, a waffle place that you could, like, get waffles before the game. Like, it, it, that was really cool. And, uh, like, everybody, like, there were guys, like, we had a podcast listener calling, like, across. He was, like, 200 yards above us. And then uh, two seconds later, Mark and I were talking, and he arrived out of breath. To just take a picture, like so it, was, uh, <laughs> it was. It was super amazing. I mean, well, the fans there were just some of the coolest people. I think that transitions nicely to the uh, second reason for this call, which is Saturday night. Uh, your meetup at a, a local pub in London with some of our um, loyal and some extremely loyal around the NFL listeners who uh, met up with you guys, and you know we were getting some dispatches throughout the evening back in L.A., but tell us a little bit about that. It sounds like quite a scene. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were blown away because Connor and I, you know, after, after going to the game yesterday, the soccer game, made our way over. Match. And this pub was the match, correct. I'm still learning. You know, this, this was just a block off where the NFL on Regent, the major party that went on all day, all day long, happened. And we didn't know what to expect. I think we were thinking, you know, listen, we, I guarantee probably like, 10 people show up and they'll be awesome. We'll have a great time. We'll sit at a big table. And we walked into this quaint, rather small pub and it was absolutely bursting with podcast listeners. And I, it was, we were stunned. And, and, and then I did not see Connor again for five plus hours because the mm. two of us <laughs> were at either ends of this bar, bar just having great conversations with these. And you said it, they are loyal. And they were absolutely asking questions about every one of you guys. They knew everything. They want to know about Dan Hansis' hair. They were asking <laughs> if the boss is an authoritarian figure or if he's a, a friend behind the scenes. And Wes, does everyone know about, about the island that Wes came from and what, what it's like to go out for beers with Wes? It was unbelievable. And Patrick's body, too. Patrick's body in the party. People knew about David Ely, the NFL.com editor, were asking questions about his dog and all this other business. Wow. I don't even know that Ely has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you guys were you guys were like the Beatles in 1963. You were you were flying high. Let's admit it, Mark. After you left there, and in a good way. And it, when you left there, describe your own emotions after you left that bar that night. We were just a band who made it very very big. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, that I mean that had to be like uh, you know pretty surreal. It was. Uh... One of my uh, my sister's boyfriend came over too, and uh, just to say hi because he lives in London, and he saw like this line of people like taking pictures with us, and he was just like, 
what the heck is going on? Like, what is this? You know, it was, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was uh, one of the coolest things ever I'd ever been a part of. Wow. It's wild because I was thinking, like, if we did that in L.A., would any, no one would show no. up in L.A. No. no. <laughs> Nobody would care. We got, I think, there would be we love you, England. eight to ten people for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, that is the great thing about uh, this podcast is that we do have listeners literally all around the world. But uh, um, the U.K. audience has been so great to us from the very beginning. Like, I'm, I'm talking when it was just the ATL Debate Club. There was an immediate uh, connection. So this, uh, you know, hopefully we all eventually get over there and get to experience it and meet people. But this sounds like... Uh, you know, a great meeting between human beings, Wes. And this is what this is what it's all about, that interaction, Wes. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm a little jealous. I'm very jealous of Mark and Connor that they got to have that experience, and I hope to do it myself someday. Yeah. Our own, well, I, yeah. Would, I would say that, like, one, one thing, that came, they, they, the, what we were doing mostly was answering questions about the entire group. And the, and the one thing people want to <sighs> probably in America would say, well, people in London don't, know their football they're, they're probably just complete naive absolutely not the truth like I, you could walk into an american bar and there'd be less football knowledge than what we dealt with last night mm. these guys are literally obsessed with the game and we were having great conversations and the questions they were asking were like tough to answer in some cases i mean they're plugged in they were also asking about pro football uh, focus rankings and things of that nature <laughs> well, well as the night went on there was less of there was less analytical talk and that and that uh, that takes us to the the final question I guess I have, which is um, uh, Connor or Mark Sessler, better friends or best friends? <laughs> <laughs> the best friends. We're we're actually getting an apartment together, and uh, we're uh, we're cutting off all ties with everyone in the U.S. Well, you guys can <laughs> hang out in your untucked plaid shirts together forever. <laughs> well, there was a little street that we wandered down after the soccer game, and there was beautiful little apartments. And I, I, I texted Simone, and I basically said, you just start packing those boxes because we are getting out of the U.S. We're done with America. Bye-bye. This, this is going to be a crash back in uh, L.A. No, I, I like I'm it. I'm about this. When I first got the text, I thought, well, maybe we can do, like, men in blazers in reverse. we got to get some U.K. company. Sorry, NFL. Maybe they'll send us over there. We can go over, be a show over there, just like the men in Blazers well, it's came over like here to talk soccer. We go over there to talk football. Jimi Hendrix broke in uh, England and the U.K. before he broke in America. Maybe we could be the Hendrix of uh, sports podcasts. I like where this is going. I think there's something to it. So Hendrix, I'm not the Hendrix model ends poorly. So we yeah. want to. This is like David Hasselhoff being huge in Germany or whatever. Um, all right, Connor, Mark. I know you have flights. Uh, Connor, back to your haunted mansion. Uh, Mark, back to your invisible prison here in Southern California. Uh, so travel not safely. True. What's that? He said, "Not true." Okay. <laughs> Travel safely, and uh, that sounds like a great trip and a, a good adventure, and we can't wait to see you guys. Cheers. See you guys. Cheers. All right. So there you go, Colleen. Obviously uh, not part of that. No, not. I wasn't. You do have ties yourself to uh, England. Yeah. I studied abroad there, so mm, I lived there wow. for like four months, which I didn't was know this awesome. But uh, the, exchange, the exchange rate was crazy at that time. So, I mean, the pound was like... It was so expensive to do anything, so I didn't really get to do a whole lot. So you're, so you're not a fan. 
of uh, London or our listeners. Oh, I loved it. Year. It was great. But I did go surfing in the Irish Sea. That happened. Oh. Yeah. I went coasteering and hiking. I went up to Wales. Yeah, did that. that. Is What's coasteering? Yeah. <laughs> and coasteering is like um, cliff jumping and also it's like there's all these crazy rock formations so you mm. climb up and then we were jumping off ruins you went and stuff. Surfing. it's the craziest yeah it's pretty badass and you went surfing on saturday here in southern uh i did California. and actually and i'm just realizing it at this moment mm. the last time i had surfed before yesterday was in the irc well, all so, right we yeah. got it you're exotic and do exciting things and you're active all Great right. job, Colleen. Dan doesn't, Dan doesn't like people that go to other... He not, not only doesn't like to go to other countries himself, he doesn't like hearing stories about it. This narrative countries. is getting uh, tiresome. <laughs> I love the world. There was hey, just the a way, massive tweet know, up for our podcast. I know Mark, uh, you know, he texts Simone, hey, we're moving over to London. You, you know, I love. I would love London too, but, you know, that picture looked pretty gloomy. I'll take uh, L.A. I was on the beach as well, 85 degrees yesterday in week seven. I'll... Give me nice. the stars and stripes. Nice. Mark and Connor looked great, by the way, in that photo <laughs> where they, they should have been holding hands almost. It was perfect. This it's really right is the, the show. River. If you have not watched the podcast on Sunday night yet on YouTube, <laughs> this is the show because between Colleen being healed, which helps on a number of levels for us, and then on top of it, you get to see the photo as well. It's going to be good. Please watch us. Yeah. You can see that little creek that they call the River Thames, too. Oh, how dare you. Wow. I'm not impressed with that river. Shots fired. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the games. Let's move it to the NFC, where Teddy Bridgewater threw for 316 yards and two scores, and the Vikings sacked Matthew Stafford seven times in a 28-19 win over the Lions. Colleen, the Lions had an 11-point lead in this game. What the hell went wrong? The offensive line, that oh, went wrong. That's important. Uh, I mean, it, it, they had a season high, Minneapolis did, or Minnesota, um, had seven sacks in this game. And Detroit, they hadn't allowed that many all season long. So the offensive line completely imploded. Stafford actually needed x-rays after the game. Took but another beating. Said it was fine. Um, but on the other side of things, we saw guys like Stefan Diggs again have another great game. For real. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, if he could play the Lions all the time, that'd be great for him. He had an awesome game for him. Also, AP, well, he didn't end up being sick, so that's good. He played. The best part is, so yes, the story, and we we, uh, kind of hinted at it earlier in the podcast, was that on the flight into Detroit, it was a bumpy flight, and Adrian Peterson, and and kids, you should not do this because it's gross and also dangerous for you. Uh, he 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 takes dip the chew Ew. and he swallowed it. This according is, to the reporting that he according denies. to the telecast, uh, he swallowed it when they hit a bump or when they were landing. Uh, he, his story is that it was some shellfish that he ate that led to a reaction. He doesn't know where the tobacco story came from, but here's what I, if I were him, that's exactly what I would say too. Like, what? What tobacco story? No, 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 Chew. It was just seafood. Yeah. He said, I'm that's immune that good. to swallowing dip. I've been doing it for 10 years. Oh, I feel like it might have happened. Well, you can build did, up an immunity to that? Well, this did come up in the newsroom, and, and there was a former baseball player that was like, well, some people do swallow the dip. And I was like, on purpose? Really? That's got to do purpose. damage. I've baseball for years. I've never met anybody who swallowed on purpose. I, I don't know if I share this story on the podcast before, but I'll do it real quick. I used to go to all my dad's softball games on Sunday mornings as a boy. And one time there was this guy, like a guy trying to be a cool guy. He had a big wad in his mouth and he was pitching and he uh, accidentally swallowed it. And then within seconds, just started yacking all over the pitcher's mound. And like all like the kids watching were like screaming and like everybody's like, oh my God. 
Oh, I, I tried it one time. Mm. It's and not good. And I right? almost passed out yeah. from it. Some people love it. I had a coach who encouraged me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad man, apparently. But this was junior year in high school, and I took some red man, and I was out there playing shortstop, seeing pink elephants. I mean, it, it gets you hot. <laughs> Why was he encouraging you to do it? Be a man. Have some chew. Very strange. Dan's thinking, this was the how 80s. do I get this back to the game? Yeah, let's try to scare it back. Were yes. wanting to throw up after watching another home loss. I don't get that's it. How, that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. It, that's how bad it was. Yep. Doesn't it feel like they've lost at home every week, too? It also feels like the Lions, Vikings, and Bears have only played each other this season. Like, that's how the Vikings are 4-2. and two. Mm. I don't know why. It seems like this NFC North is in this strange Bermuda Triangle. This is the second time these two teams have played, so that it's not just a... A feeling that the Vikings have been in the division a lot. They they at least have an identity. I think they kind of know what they are. It might not be that exciting, but their defense is it. We haven't gotten a lot of good Bridgewater games start to finish this year. I mean, if they if he starts playing at a more consistent level and Diggs being a guy that could end up being a player now, a fifth round pick could be a steal. You put in some AP. This this team is a playoff team. I feel like they're the, one of the wild card teams. Uh, they look that way to me so far. Well, they traded Hodges, a linebacker two games ago, and look what Eric Kendricks has done since then. Led the team mm. in tackles in week six. This He leads them in sacks with two in this game. And then look at their last two draft classes. 2014 brings you your quarterback, and Anthony Barr, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. You get Eric Kendricks and Stephon Diggs here. We haven't seen much of Trey Waynes yet, but that could be great back-to-back draft classes. Linval Joseph is playing pretty well with them. It was a draft pick, uh, I mean a free agent pickup uh, a couple years ago that didn't get a lot of love, but he is getting a lot of money. And they're surviving games where they're not getting great Adrian Peterson games. You know, last week they won a game where he struggled. This week he struggled for most of the game, but then broke off a 75-yard run, and that was basically it for him for the day. Is it safe to say that he's not quite the same guy anymore? I think it's the offensive line. He didn't have a chance last week. I yeah. didn't see this game yet, but last week he didn't have a chance. pretty good, actually. Yeah. Pretty good, though. I mean, that's not Adrian No, I think, no, think he's like line. Adrian Peterson. He, I think part. a lot of times um, before when I've seen his games this year, he didn't look like he could really reach that next level when he was running. It almost looked like his legs were a little heavy. And on that one long run that he had, he, I thought, reached that speed. He's always had a little hitch in his giddy-up. Yeah. Even when at, you know, at his peak uh, when he ran for 2,000 yards. So he's almost hard to judge in that spot. But, yeah, maybe some improved line play. Uh, let's move on. The Saints opened up. Their road matchup against the Colts with 20 unanswered points, then held on, uh, come back by the Colts. But ultimately, the Saints, a 27-21 to win in Indy. Another terrible loss for the Colts. Wes, Andrew Luck threw for 333 yards, three scores, but his stat line was deceiving, wasn't it? Yeah, pay no attention to the box score. He played terribly. Uh, he started out 0-5, didn't complete a pass until nine minutes left in the second quarter. Wow. It's the slowest start he's had in a game in his career, and he's regressed. He, we said last week he's not the same player he was last year. We saw that in week one, and we're still seeing it now. To me, I don't care what the rest of the problem is with the Colts. Andrew Luck is the biggest problem when your franchise quarterback has regressed to the extent that he has, where it's his arm, his pocket presence, which Greg once termed the eighth wonder of the world, <laughs> and now it's a disadvantage every week. Wow. It's crazy to hear Chris say that, too, because, you know, everyone loves Andrew Luck. But to even suggest that Luck had some weaknesses in the past would be worth a you know, five-minute scolding from Wes. I mean, he's about as big a fan of, of Andrew Luck. 
But, you know, Wes, of course, to his credit, is going to tell you what he sees. And what you see out of Andrew Luck this year is a guy, if it was a different quarterback, would just be getting killed because of the pocket presence, because of the decision-making, um, because of the way they're losing games with him, and then they weren't losing games with Matt Hasselbeck. The whole thing is is bizarre. And the Colts keep getting shut out. I mean, the fir- of the first half of these games, mm. this was the third time this year. Out of seven games, they've been shut out three times. Also, you have T.Y. Hilton, who, is this a violation? Because I brought it up on the show earlier today. T.Y. Hilton, they're down 20 points, and he scores a touchdown, and he's celebrating. He's still doing his dance. <laughs> I mean, when right. you're down 20-some points... Shouldn't you maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that, or no? Perhaps, but there are personal glories to achieve, you know? You're right, Dan. Some guys are into the personal glory angle. We should all take a page from your book. Yeah, it's true. It's about (laughs) the team. Beyond luck, this team, I think, they were down 21 to nothing. The defense was just going through the motions, allowing Mark Ingram to run right through them. It's a team-wide problem, and I think... They got those gar- garbage time touchdowns. Delvin Bro fell down on both of the long Bro. touchdowns to T.Y. Hilton. If not for those two plays, I think you mm. might hear some talk about Chuck Pagano. Well, I was just about well, to say. Ian th- Rapport said he's lasting until the end of the season. He said that before, and he, he was first in line to say Pagano is on the hot seat this year. Those things can change. And that he's going to last through the season. Everything's first, fluid in the NFL. I was going to say, if they're you're Jim Irsay, aren't you maybe sitting down with Ryan Grigson and saying, hey, do we have a – a Dan Campbell on this coaching staff? Like, is there someone, someone who knows on the staff really well? that, that, every, yeah, <laughs> that everyone likes and maybe they could rally around him and save the season? Because let's face it, this even, yeah, they might win this division, but this is not a Super Bowl contender right now. Maybe that's what they need to do. They got to do something rash or something desperate. I think that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm not even that huge a Pagano fan, but just the success that he's had there and the fact that they're in first place and the fact that the players do seem to love him, that you you let him play out the season. If the players love him so much, how come they keep doing undisciplined things like turnovers, just hordes of ill-timed penalties, and then today, like going through the motions. I don't, not- I don't think going to Ch- Rob Chudzinski is going to change that, though. I mean, I think you let them play out the season, especially when you're in first place, and see if they have, they've had success. If they have more halves like they did the first half today, I, I don't care what our guys are reporting. NFL situations are fluid. Um, a little sandwich talk real quick. Wes, uh, Greg, you have a lock right now with your Andrew Luck won't receive an MVP vote. Oh, yeah, I like that. Enjoy your sandwich. Wes, your Brandon Cooks wager is in trouble. However, Big trouble. your boy, I don't know if Mark Ingram was involved with any wagers uh, or props this year, but you, he is your boy. He had a big game today. He did, thanks to the Colts defense. He <laughs> ran really well. Well, let's, give, let's talk about the Saints for <clears throat> a, a minute quickly. Do we think they're back here in the mix at 3-4? and four? Their defense is Doing playing a lot better. Um, I, I tend to think this was on luck today and the fact that the Colts are a train wreck, but the Saints defense... Played well. Bro's been good, like we mentioned, Bro. for the past month. Uh, Stephon Anthony came to play. Cameron Jordan has five sacks in his last two games. He's played well this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit of a scary fork week. We'll get into it more on Tuesday, but a little bit nervous. That's all I'm going to say. A couple teams got me a little nervous now. What about Kihaha? He was good, too. Kaha? He's been good. Kaha? He has been good. I mean, Kaha. And, and the thing that I took from the that? Falcons game was they looked like the Saints <laughs> offense. And I know maybe it wasn't perfect here today, but... Looked like the Saints offense, 450 yards. Greg getting excited about the Saints. Nah, they're in the mix. The, the NFC's, NFC's going to be tricky to get 
to get that second wild card spot. That's the thing. There's still three games behind second place in the NFC South. They're a long way from Matt. I don't consider the Saints all that frisky for the wild card picture. They're certainly harder to beat now than they were a month ago, but I, I don't think they're a playoff team. Let's move back to the AFC. The Chiefs' five-game losing streak is Dunzo. It's over. Alex Smith threw for 251 yards and a score. Charkandrick West added 110, 110 yards in his first TD, a 23-13 win over the injury-plague Steelers. West, the Steelers were in trouble when they fell behind and needed Landry Jones to start making plays. Accurate? More of the same from their play calling and coaching. That They shackle their quarterback, won't let him attempt any passes, go run heavy, and then when they need him, they expect him to play well. But I don't think that's a winning recipe, and it's, a, it's one of the reasons why the Cowboys – went from Brandon Weed into Castle because you can't run an offense when you don't trust your quarterback to throw the ball. Mm. And Steelers didn't trust Landry Jones to throw the ball until they were coming from behind. At that point, he had three turnovers. I feel like the football gods were just saying both of these teams were due. The Chiefs were very much overdue for a win. They've been in all these games. Their defense has really impressed me the last few weeks, playing very well. And while the Steelers got away with a couple here, you go on the road to Kansas City. I mean, it wasn't... To me, the records weren't that important when Landry Jones was starting. They weren't favored. That was a tough spot for Landry Jones going to Casey. As bad as Casey's record's been, they've you know they still got some fight in them, or at least they have some guys that can make plays in their building. So I don't see this as a huge upset that the Steelers went down in this spot. And it, what they're four and three now? No, yeah, they're four and three. So that AFC, so they're okay. They're fine. That four AFC, and three. Tomlin said after the game, I believe that he expects Big Ben to come back to face the Bengals next week. Each time you lose these games, though, you know, you, that makes it like next week, for instance, we're talking Bengals-Steelers. You, you have to win that game or the division's over at midseason. You're four losses behind if you don't win that game. So that's what these losses do, that they'll just be fighting for a wild card unless they can sweep the Bengals. To the AFC West, Derek Carr threw three touchdown p- passes, and the Oakland Raiders... Uh, speaking of four teams, cruised to a 37-29 to win over the Chargers in a game that wasn't nearly as close as the final score indicated. Great. It was not. It was 30-6 to at halftime. It was 37-6. to <laughs> It was a blowout. After That's nine minutes of the third saying. quarter. It was 37-6 to going into the fourth quarter. You know, the Raiders are here, and they're not going anywhere, and I don't think they're going to the playoffs, so I don't think they're going to get us on the fork. But they're a legitimate team, and this AFC West is not great this year, and it was begging for one of these two teams, I think, to step up and say, okay, we're going to be the second-place team in this division. We're going to be in the mix. I think the Raiders are that team. They are, to me, one of the more consistent teams in the league. Wait. the, The Raiders. Last time we were this high on them was a few weeks ago, and then they went and lost to the Bears. But I don't think they were that bad, and I don't think they're a great... I don't think they're a great team. I think they outplayed the Bears for most of that game. I think... Derek Carr is pretty much the same guy each and every week. Amari Cooper is making Derek Carr's numbers look insane. Derek Carr was very late on a long throw down the field, and Amari Cooper just jumps up and turns it into a 42-yard gain. He takes a five-yard little throw, and then he makes seven people miss and runs it in for 55 yards. I just think it's a good team. Not a great team, but a good team. The Raiders were bad for years and years and years and years. They finally have now hit on back-to-back first-round picks. First, uh, Khalil Mack. Now Amari Cooper, and you're seeing the difference on the field. You are. And also, luckily, MC Hammer was live-tweeting this entire game. <laughs> Hammer was? <laughs> yeah. It was Hammer time all the time on this. I mean, he had seen... The social media center on NFL Sunday Blitz was really enjoying that, I bet. Yes. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, really um, bankruptcy doesn't preclude you 
from getting a Twitter account. It's free. It's free, which is great for everybody. Um, but the Chargers, when you look at their situation, they were down by 20 points at home to the Raiders. That is no good. No, Phillip Rivers started this game very poorly. He, he, he would admit it. He did not play well at all in the first half. By then, the game was basically over. He had some ugly misses, an ugly interception, and their defense has been pretty bad overall all season. I have never seen I've never seen Mike McCoy have any human emotion, but I've definitely never seen him be as angry as he was at the podium with some of the questions after the game. And it just felt like he's gripping that podium a little tighter <laughs> and he's starting to feel the walls coming in. This is an ugly two and five start for a team that has a really easy schedule the next month. So they in theory could bounce back a little bit, but this is a bad spot. But they, I mean, you say they have an easy schedule, but we kind of know who they are. They they can get beat by any bad team. On their on their best day, they can beat a good team. But I don't see them being a team that can go on a run. And and Colleen, you know, sitting on in on a full show, I don't hand these invites out easily. Right, I know that. Not like candy on I'm Halloween. I'm aware. Yeah, no, it was tough getting in here today. Joke. <laughs> uh, but you are invited into our uh, conference room where we have we have coffee and uh, and Danish croissants, Danish. Some bagels, a little uh, lox. Greg, we got everything you could need. Gavelta wow. fish, is that going on? What? Whoa, was that? what a great Jewish outreach there. The old <laughs> lox. Thanks, buddy. Oatmeal. Everything you could ever want. Uh, Fork for and teams? Well, we're gonna, the four committee will commence uh, conversations early this week, and you are welcome. That's wonderful. I'll give you a key card. We'll talk okay. about the Chargers, the, the team of ATL. Uh, from a year ago. Let's not talk and, about them being the team of ATL. Uh, and we could also fork... Well, actually, that's not fair. It's. I just have to say, it had to have been a great moment for Raiders fans there at the game today because they were loud and proud and they were giving standing ovations to, to much of the game. Phillip Rivers had to use a silent count again. It really had trouble getting oh plays God. off because it was just... <laughs> It was a party in the second half, and I had to think, like, for those Raiders fans that have been loyal all this time and they're going to games for the Chargers, I mean, it had to have been a lot of fun to just see them, you know, creaming. It had to have been a lot of fun to watch that insane cut that Amari Cooper put on Jimmy. Oh, that was was insane, yeah. And, you know, I got to give credit to any San Diego fans that went to that game after the news over the weekend uh, about the teams moving forward with their quest to be playing in Los Angeles. Uh, it's just the situation is getting grim for the Chargers this year. There's no way around it. They're two and five. There's a lot of unrest in their own stadium situation. It's just it's not not a team I see making a spirited run to January. No, Antonio Gates didn't help the situation either for Phil Rivers today. Did not help at all. All right, moving on. Let's uh, another. Is it inter? Is it interconference or intra conference? I always get this one. Who are the teams? Why not just say out of conference? I like to go with inter, intra, Atlanta, <laughs> you don't know Tennessee. the difference between the two. Uh, if I know it correctly, I That's prefer it. Inter. Interconference battle between the Falcons and the Titans. Matt Ryan threw for 251 yards and a touchdown. And Devonta Freeman ran for another uh, 100 yards, 116 this time. The Falcons edged the Titans 10-7. I don't like that score at all for the Falcons, but they won. Greg, mediocre performance for Matt Ryan, and there's been quite a few yeah, now this season. Yeah, insulted he even got in that little intro you did. Yeah, as I if know. Throwing for 251 yards is some great achievement. And there's he, not a lot to talk about this struggled. game set up. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Six struggled. and one, the Falcons. I would say what they did was well. It's hard to put a, a bow on their defense is greater than the sum of its parts. That both quarterbacks were lousy, and after Matt Ryan tried to lose the game to the Titans. Zach Mettenberger did a better job losing it with a late interception to Atlanta. The one difference is 
Atlanta has a running game. They have Devontae Freeman. You know you're going to get that each week, and that was, to me, the biggest difference in the game. All you fans of teams want your want your team to trade for Zach Mettenberger. Good luck. <laughs> this is a shot at Greg, by the way. No, it's read right through it. Greg didn't write a letter to his team saying trade for Zach Mettenberger. Oh wow! Who did that? The Sizzler. Oh come on! I was I was worried that I did. No, right, he gets eleven drives today. They scored on one, which is about what he was last year when he had one of the worst. Oh, he drives. He had one of the worst successful I, drive percentages in, in, in NFL history, and everyone decided he was a good quarterback. I, I think he has potential. I'm not going to back off what I saw from last season. This was a this was a bad performance out of him. It was he had Charlie Whitehurst disease. A lot of six yard throws on third and twelve. Uh, just a lot of pointless drives. The Titans are a tough watch. Uh, right now. What happened, by and the then, way? We were so excited about the Titans. I know Mariota being hurt doesn't help anything, but they're, here they are, uh, one in five, you know, not being a team that's fun to watch. A team of ATL nominee not too long ago. They just had a four-game homestand, which never, ever happens in the NFL. Four straight home games, and they lost all four. Oof. And I was thinking, like, it was like the first time in team history they've ever lost a four-game home. Wow. Well, no, no kidding. I mean, how many four-game right, home stands can you ever even have? <laughs> that might be the first one ever, and you, and you lost all four. I mean, that's hard I'm to do. Heat from Greg. Yeah, they have Antonio Andrews the out there, too. Yes, Antonio Andrews, they decide, is their primary back. He was the guy This today. is why they, they judge skill position talent worse than any team in the league, and they have for the last few years. It's what? amazing. Two teams in the NFL have six wins despite their quarterback. Hmm. I wouldn't say that about Matt Ryan. I he, mean, he's, he made a lot of mistakes. He's not having today. a good year. I can tell you that because our fantasy team, Milana Weintraub, I pounded the table on draft day. So let's make sure we get Ryan off the board here. And I'm getting rewarded with like one touchdown a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think he's played solid overall until the last couple weeks. Yeah, it's not, really just been the last he two. He has not played well the last two weeks. He threw an interception. They decided to go for it on fourth and goal on, on the goal line with just four minutes left and up three, which was a really gutsy decision, and he threw an interception on the play. Mettenberger gets them back in field goal range, looked like this thing was going to overtime, and then Mettenberger gives it right back. Hmm. Is it, it saved us from a meaningless overtime. What if they go 3-13? and 13? Are they the Titans again? Mm. Have they cleared Titans because Mariota's there? But if they still are tough to watch and don't really matter in, in, in a sense of the NFL, are they still the Titans? I don't think you can go back on it. If Mariota turns into, <laughs> like, the first six games at Andrew Luck this year, then, yeah, that they might mm. go Titans, but... It's sad we're even having this conversation. It's going to depend on how the quarterback plays like every other team in the league. Hey, more interconference football. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get excited, Greg. I treated Greg. myself and gave myself this one, baby. Todd Gurley rushed for 128 yards, two scores, the first two touchdowns of his career, leading the St. Louis Rams 24-6 win over the fading Cleveland Browns. Greg, Todd Gurley, just a rookie, but he's had a transformational effect on your boys, the 3-3 three and three Rams. It, it's amazing how consistent it is every week that he looks like the best player on the field three straight weeks. It's 128 yards rushing. They, they said even going into the game they wanted to get him involved as a receiver more, and so they did. He led the team with four receptions, had 35 yards receiving. There was very little separating these two teams other than the Browns turned it over four times on fumbles. Two of them were McCown, two of them from the receivers. 
and the Rams had Todd Gurley. That was really it. I mean, the Rams won with as little passing for most of the game as you can win with. I just realized you were being 100% serious when you said you gave yourself a treat by letting yourself watch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were joking, too. Uh, no, I was joking. Oh. I was in the end. But uh, I was trying to give myself a treat. I thought it'd be fun, but no. You, you thought know, this game would be fun at the Edward James almost dome. Gurley finished with uh, 163 yards from scrimmage. That was the same as uh, Nick Foles, 163 mm. yards passing. That's pretty much wow. it. Jeff Fisher's dream. I thought Le'Veon Bell was headed toward that Gronk, J.J. Watt territory where he's the gold standard mm. by quite a bit at the position. I think Gurley's right there with Le'Veon I Bell. S- I saw you getting a little Twitter spat about this. Ooh. I don't know. I got to see him be as big a factor in the receiving game because that's not just something like, oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell's But he's a better game. runner than Bell. That's why I think it's close, because Bell's a better receiver. And I know people who don't watch football will say, hey, you can't say that after three games. No, it's pretty easy to see. I mean, he looks so powerful when he runs that you really can't, you you have to take that seriously, because he just looks so good right now. And he can, well, the thing you love is he can, he broke a tackle and then runs 48 yards, but then he also can make people miss in a small space without breaking the tackle, and he went around the end for, I think it was a 16-yard touchdown at one point. So, I mean, he He's can do... He's six yards per carry on the season. He can do pretty much anything as a running back. He, he makes them legit. They're one of those... So don't be hesitant. Say it. He's great. He's just not... A, I, I love Le'Veon Bell. So I, do I, think I. He is so good as a receiver, yeah. you can't put Gurley right there. Gurley's so good. I mean, Gurley's a good receiver, too, and he's so great as a runner. Gurley fever. Gurley, man. Um, we might Rams. see Johnny Manziel, too, start next week. Yeah, Josh McCown oh. got hurt. Shoulder injury. Late, Yeah, late in the game, he got the shoulder injury. Manziel comes in. We'll see. I mean, now they might have no... They have no you don't th- think they go to Austin Davis? No. Why not? I mean, why? They... Didn't they... Didn't no, they, they had just giving up on Johnny Manziel entirely. Manziel is the backup quarterback, and he played today. So that tells me he's the backup quarterback. It was crazy. I, Mark is lucky he was in London for this game, because... This did not look like two uneven teams. I think the Browns outgained them and found a way to lose 24 to 6. They just That's the story just with kept that losing fumbles. And whenever they'd have a big play, a penalty took it back. I mean, a, a Joe Thomas holding penalty took away a huge play. So you have, speaking of sandwich wagers uh, or propositions, Greg, you have the Rams finishing in second place. It's time for them to start stacking some dubs, by the way. I mean, well, this was one of those games we kind of said, oh, this is where we learn about the Rams. Did they win a game they're supposed to? Well, they did. All right, they won this game. Now you got to win. You got the Niners next week at home. Take care of business there. Get over 500. At Vikings is a tough but not impossible game and then he got home to Bears and then at Ravens so you should be in good position by the time you face at Bengals home to Cardinals back-to-back weeks in uh, late November early December come on Greg take care of business here they're in second place the season ended today I won the bet we don't bet sandwich (laughs) Uh, moving on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in action against the Redskins and the Redskins fell behind 24-0 in this game but here comes Wes's boy, Kirk Cousins, throwing three second-half touchdown passes, including the go-ahead score with 24 seconds to play. In the end, it was the Redskins, a 31-30 win. A thriller over the Bucks. Colleen, yes. you like that? You like that? Kirk Cousins, how about him? Three touchdowns in this one in the second half alone. This was his second time coming back on that final drive. Down 24-0. You guys saw the video how fired up he was after the game, but he looked great in the game, too. Jordan I didn't Reed. see the video. What are we talking about? Oh, it's it, he, what was it, some type of gif or something? I don't know. Something went out, but he, what did he say? Well, you like that, well, right? Well, basically, we, we had, I, 
it, I partly take responsibility. I was setting Greg up there, but then he left you hang out to dry for a couple it's seconds fine. there. I, I floundered. Was, for I a take minute. responsibility in part. <laughs> Redskins fans should thank me for the greatest comeback in Washington Redskins history. Mm. This team has been around for what eighty years, Wes, even Since longer. Thirties, at least. In, in an insane amount time. of time, and this was the greatest one ever. And it started when I sent an email to our producer to get a little clip ready of Wes really talking up that he wouldn't fork the Redskins because I was ready to stick it to Wes and fork him. And then somewhere, <laughs> Kirk Cousins heard it, and he started going crazy, and he engineers the comeback, and then he has a message for me. You like that? You like that? <laughs> nice. Wait, run that you back. You like that? Yeah. You like that? That's like if you play like if I played that for my wife, and she she'd be like, "Sports are so stupid." <laughs> That's Kirk Cousins. I just have this like blurred image of Cousins yeah, a maniac from, <laughs> from the actual maniac. video. It's him going to the locker room. He randomly you like sees. You like that? He randomly sees a reporter. At so, first, everyone thought it's like he's yelling at his critics and really sticking it to them, but he really wasn't. He was just wait. seeing a guy. He just seeing a reporter he knows, and he's just kind of like, he just said, I get so amped up and so crazy after the game. He's like, I've done that before. It was just sort of. TD, if you got like a, um, this is a job you could farm off to someone, but if you got like a Limp Biscuit instrumental track <laughs> and then just laid that on a top, it would sound like one of Limp Biscuit's hits from the early 2000s. <laughs> This game. It sounds like Will Farrell when he's like, we can't lose our composure. <laughs> and that's the funny thing. He's yeah. dead serious, like all fired up. But good for Kirk Cousins. But, you know, Wes, who's in a bizarre pounding the table moment on the last podcast, saying that everyone in the NFC East should be forked except for the Redskins. Well, that was. Let's make, not go crazy that, that was, they beat the Bucks today. That and was they needed a last second that comeback. You guys think that the rest of the NFC East are some great teams? No, that helps your narrative. That's never no, been what I would you single out the Redskins as the, the worst. worst. You can they make aren't a, the worst. You can make a choice of who you don't think is going to make it. I don't think Kirk Cousins is a playoff type of quarterback. I don't think they have been, enough going on. You've been crapping on Kirk Cousins all year. And you it don't did like something that. today. 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions that hasn't been done by a Redskins quarterback in the 21st century. Well, I just said he had the greatest comeback ever. That's even better. There you go. I was back, but, you know, when, Get off his back. when the He's Redskins were the having bye. different, you know, racist controversy. Going to the bye week. He got Jordan Reed back today. Yeah. He gets Deshaun Jackson back. He gets some offensive wait, linemen back. Wait, wait, wait. He's getting no help from it, the running game. It's hard to keep track of all the Chris Wesley rules because you were just telling us a few weeks ago when we were talking about some good performance against the Bucks that nothing that happens against the Bucks defense counts as anything. Okay, that's fair. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that's this is one of my favorite ones, because very rarely does does Wes get sucked into a clearly bad team and quarterback. They are a so bad team. So I'm just team. along for the ride, waiting for this to crash, and Wes having to eat some good old humble pie. It's coming. They're a bad team, but I want you guys to single out the other three bad teams in the NFC East. Well, they're all... They can all right, here we go. Bad. Some scientist heat coming up right now. we got a split screen up on YouTube. This is the show to check out on YouTube. I'll say it again. NFL uh, playlist. Check out. Look at Greg and Wes... Split, bring that back. Cowboys haven't won in a month. Let these guys get angry at each other now. Colleen, let's just sit it out. Yeah. Well, what? We already did get angry. Uh, what, what else is there to say? Name calling. Get petty. Uh, I don't like that shirt, Wes. Whoa! Oh. I'm not sure if I like it. I like that. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> you like it? I was just saying that. Oh, man. Anyway, so yes, but a big win for the Redskins, and, and yes, a very mediocre NFC East. So if you're three and four, like the Redskins are now, you're right in the middle of things. Yeah, oh. and then you get a bye, and then you get to go to New England. Save and from then the fork. New Orleans and at, at Carolina. You come out of those three games. Yeah, that's true. 
if you if the Redskins come out of those three games anything better than four and six, I will buy I will get you a sandwich. Hold on, let me. Who check. loses the division? Who loses the division? What do you mean? Who's the Who, worst in the division? I don't Who's even like, care. In I just the know the Redskins the won't. I think it is the Redskins. I think Greg feels yeah, the same I, way, I but I don't the think Redskins. there's a big difference. They have Patriots, Saints, Panthers, and you said if they come out, if they come out any better, if they if they go two and one in those three games, because if they don't go two and one, they're going to be four and six. You know, after ten games, there's really you know. Then they play easy. the Giants and Cowboys, which are easy wins. Oh, I just realized, by the way. There's no easy win. Uh, Wes, I did realize by one. you're in a tough spot right now. What? The Patriots are your favorite team. They're your They're new favorite. They're not my favorite team. You carry team. the water up and down the hill because for them. they win every year. You respect them. They're great. They run a great operation. Then, the two teams that have your most hardcore narratives right now, the Dolphins and Redskins, <laughs> the next two weeks, the Pats get them. That's you got true. narratives on the line and your number one team. Hey, they narratives. The Dolphins are a good team. The Redskins are a bad team. Narratives hanging in the balance. The Pats Revenge Tour. They're going to take out all of Wesseline's stable of boys. That's and the Re- I, don't, I hate that I'm stuck defending the Redskins because they're a bad team. Your they're just in a bad be division. to the ground after Tom Brady's through with it. It's the same reason I wanted to keep the Jaguars alive because <laughs> I knew the Colts were a bad, bad football team. Okay. All right, let's stick in the NFC East since it's such a fun division to talk about. The Meadowlands, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Right off Route 3, Colleen. I know you know the area well. Oh, I know it. Dwayne Harris scored on a 100-yard kickoff return minutes after the Cowboys, his former team, by the way, had tied the game in the fourth quarter. It was the key play in a 27-20 win for the Giants over the Cowboys. Wes, the Cowboys are now 0-4 without Tony Romo. They've gone from 2-0 to 2-4. Is this, all these struggles, is this all about the QB play? Yes, Absolutely. And this sandwich you're going to give me for the Redskins, just give it to me for our McFadden Castle proposition, which McFadden, you know, <laughs> put one on him today. Oh, oh, yeah. The heat between the signs. Wait, is great. Yeah, I want to, I should, forget the scientist. <laughs> oh, you're a little flustered. You got me flustered because I want to check out something. At a certain point, Wes, you have to be responsible as an NFL.com. Oh! Sorry. The headline to this game on NFL.com, the second second thing in the stack right now, or I, I believe they've changed it, uh, which is good. They made a good editorial decision. Yeah, McFadden's it, breakout game ruined by loss to Giants. Like, that was the big takeaway, was Darren McFadden having a big game. Not the what fact, was the big not the fact <laughs> that Castle had three interceptions. You could have gotten there. Or the Giants won the game. Or Dwayne Harris, a guy who was on the Cowboys, you know, beat him. The Giants are now in first place. Oh, it was Darren McFadden's big day. That's, he was that's, the story of the game. They <laughs> lost the game. They out... They won time, dominated time possession, had twice as many first downs, and almost twice as many yards. The editor-in-chief and Greg coming out right now. I'm not going to put a punt returner as, like, the story of the game. Sorry. It is crazy, though. No, no contract got picked on more than Dwayne Harris because he got a lot of money from the Giants. Being like, why would the Giants pay that much money to the Cowboys punt returner? And wasn't it, it was, I'm sure they would say it's all worth it just for this one play. Well, Jerry was, Jerry Jones was a little... He admitted after the game, it was hard to see Dwayne Harris being the one to give him the loss. Mm. Especially when the next play, well, not the next play, but shortly after Dwayne, they tie the game. The Cowboys come back and tie the game. Castle had a great pass. And on the very next play, Dwayne Harris, 100-yard kickoff return. And shortly thereafter, Cool Beasley, the Cowboys punt returner, mm. mops the fumble and the game. And that would have been Dwayne Harris returning the punt if he still played for the Cowboys. That's How about the- Orleans Darkwa today? 
Arlen Starkwa. One touchdown for him. That was nice. I wasn't watching. I didn't didn't know who he was. Tulane grad. I started started to get texts from my buddies in New York that are Giants fans. And they're like, Darkwa, Darkwa. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? (laughs) Apparently, he's someone in the NFL. Did you know it had to do with football? No, I just thought (laughs) maybe they were just just nonsense or something going on. It's a great name, for sure. Well, they're... Rashad Jennings hasn't really made plays all year except that one special teams play he made. He's been really slow as a running back, so it doesn't surprise me that they went to Orleans Darkwa and Shane Vereen over Jennings in most of this game. Well, and Andre Williams, who they're kind of not really buying into. Well, he doesn't really. I, I will throw that. I don't like this Giants team, but I will throw them a bone here. They are at 4-3. and three. They're in first place, and they're doing it without Odell Beckham Jr. being even close to his Michael Jordan form, um, West, to borrow some of your past analysis, he is not the same guy right now. That And that that is He's something not? you have to be very wary of. I mean, I think he was 5 for 33 today, something very pedestrian. So it's a big difference with that team when they don't have a guy that's just tearing apart defenses on a weekly basis. He would have broken the internet again today because in the exact same spot on the field with the exact same guy in coverage, right here, oh. almost pulled in another spectacular catch, and Brandon Carr got away with pass interference the whole 30 yards down the field. He was grabbing his arm the whole way there. There's and the they difference didn't between this year and last right there, though. Although I feel like I've heard, the magic? I've heard that luck. five different times this year that, oh, that Odo Beckham almost made the catch that broke the internet. There was one on the sidelines that was right. out of bounds. It's like, That's all we're well, going to hear about. It just happened once. Which is luck. Last year's catch was luck, too. Hmm. Wow. It took a lot of skill. Can you do that 10 times out of 10? No. it's low. But he was, when we talked about him all through the offseason, the guy that had, you know, Jerry Rice ceiling type talent. He's still that he's guy. Been, he's just been a guy this we, year. We've talked about this. He's drawing more attention than any wide receiver in the league. And it's a, one of the reasons why Eli Manning doesn't get getting sacked behind a horrible offensive line. To your point, though, about a lousy division, I'm not getting too excited about any team who gives up 460 yards to a Castle-led <laughs> Mm. Uh, Cowboys team oh, doubled McFadden in, doubled in first down and I don't <laughs> doubled in first downs and for the most of the day the Cowboys look better and, and the Giants have gotten a few close wins they've had a few close losses you're right that they're all bad I agree and I don't and I don't forget the Monday night performance by the no. Giants either I mean the 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 point is Wes none of these teams are good thank you guys for admitting and that is not something that's needed to, to be that. admitted we've always we've all been on the same page with that it's just the Redskins are a little bit worse we should be forking somebody in that division. Right, somebody Colleen, has what to be do, what, You know, as a new member of the fork committee, it's a big spot for you. Where do you come down on the whole Redskins, uh, NFC East? Redskins gate, I think. A we'll, lot, we'll lot, lot of pressure here. Yeah. but Just Speak your mind. Yeah, no, I mean, the, they looked. They definitely looked better today. And I think their defense, that front, that's they've been playing well. It's tough when you don't really have a running game to get going when you're playing from behind a lot. So it's sort of hard to get a temperature on them right now. But you could say that about stop a lot dancing of teams. around, Wolf. Give I know. I'm trying line. to stop this. <laughs> Give us Did the Kirk bottom Cousins line. Fire you up after? I wouldn't fork them after this week. Ooh. Well, I wouldn't either. I mean, ooh. They, you know. All right. They, they got the win. I'm gonna let's see what happens next week now. But only because the division you is guys so bad. Chowder heads that were saying, uh, gotta be bold, gotta be bold. Oh no, I wanted to fork him last week, but it's like, I like now being I'm not, bold you know. for teams I don't like. Well, so that's that's what I'm we're still doing. regretting being bullied into 
uh, forking the Jaguars. <laughs> bullied into bullied. it. Bullied by Dan into forking no, no, the no, Jaguars. No, no, no. What you happened? Said, Why were you bullied? No, they, they, Dan, they got Dan made me stiff. promise that if they lose to someone, I would fork them. I didn't. Even Dan. though I knew that the Colts are an awful football team. I did not put a gun to your head. They got beat by you a crappy team. You guilted me into it. They've been getting beat by crappy teams all year. By the way, they almost blew this game. If you West. queue up the producer enough times to say, it's about me, it's going to make me feel guilty, and then I go along with your bullying. I did not <laughs> It's about that. me. <laughs> I was good, waiting though. for it. <laughs> All right. That's it. Colleen, are you leaving us now? We're going to get to the Sunday night game uh, um, next. So we're going to say goodbye to you. Okay, yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, You, you don't, you don't have to say goodbye. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> you want to go surfing. Unless you want to just yeah. hang out, you know, for another party. hour. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and watch the rest of this game. Uh, well, you did a very nice job. Thank you. There need, there's no need for a committee to decide whether I'm not, or not gonna get forked. Colleen needs to be forked. She is um, a uh, talented. There we and go. Successful. <laughs> Stop there. And exciting um, talent here at NFL Media, and we would love to have you back next week. Thanks. I'll, I'll come by. Perfect. You don't even need Great. to invite like her next time. You like that? <laughs> oh, she's so just like she's just there on the old well, sked. Well, someone tweeted at me. It's like, you know, I want you know, let's push to have Colleen be a permanent part of the show. Well, how much more permanent does it need to be? It, All right, how about it's this? Permanent. Okay. You're Colleen. here. You're part of the yeah. show. You were part of the heroes at the beginning. It wasn't like this and a great. special guest. It was just like Colleen Wolf, Chris Wesseling, and me. And the <laughs> actions speak louder. And yeah. Colleen, we'll see you next week. Okay. And that takes us to Sunday Night Football and the Carolina Panthers. Get excited, Charlotte, and the surrounding areas. Your team is 6-0, a 27-16 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a game in which Cam Newton uh, threw for almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Jay Stewart, our boy, 24 carries, 125 yards. Uh, a nice little performance. Not what you would call, Greg, the most exciting game in the world, but this was what good teams do when they don't have you know big impact players that are going crazy, but they're a better team. They take care of business. In their building, and that's what Carolina did. I think it was exciting if you're Ron Rivera and you're watching K1 Short bust through the line. You're watching a team run the ball. This is basically Ron Rivera's vision. And I'm thinking when we're watching the Eagles get the ball at the end of the game with a couple chances to tie or maybe win the game, and they don't even really get close. It, this was the old Eagles that, you know, you expected so much out of their offense. And instead, the Panthers just totally shut them down. They didn't even cross midfield threatening to, to score. Talk about the old Eagles. This looks like the old 2013 Panthers. Mm. That the ones that stole our hearts and we made them the team of ATL. I would be fine were, with it if they were the team of ATL right now. I've never fun to fallen, watch. I've never fallen out of love. They say your first love is the <laughs> toughest one to break. I mean, I still love watching Cam Newton and some fun defense. The genius has no clothes. Oh. I see what you did there. We <laughs> how long you been sitting on that we one? Want, I actually just came up with them. Very proud. Uh, but we once said, or once believed potentially, that Chip Kelly's offense was so good that it was quarterback-proof. And they do not have a good quarterback. Sam Bradford is not good. We get a weekly reminder of it. Uh, tonight was just another one. And it just goes to show Chip Kelly, for all his, 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 his smart thinking and different ways of running offenses and getting more plays in a quicker amount of time, he's just like every other coach. If you don't have the quarterback, you don't have the team. Sorry, Chip. You're not special. That's all I got. Well, it's if you don't have the quarterback and you don't have the receivers, I mean, drops killed them throughout the night, including Miles Austin. Who's going with Jordan Matthews, by the way? He was supposed to have a breakout season. He can't catch anything. Right. He's, he's dropping passes. Miles Austin, this is the second game 
that he's basically ended with a drop, if I remember the Falcons' uh, opener correctly. The offensive line isn't playing well. You lose Jason Peters, seven-time Pro Bowler, in what looked to be a serious back injury. So there's a lot of things going on. It's not even just the quarterback. But I think that's to a credit of the the Panthers, who have played good defense for six straight weeks now. So it doesn't... it doesn't surprise me. Now we wanted to see the Panthers play some decent teams. They have, and they've taken care of business. We talked about in the preview that they have four legitimate stars on their defense with Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, mm. Josh Norman, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and Kwan Short, who's mm. going to get all-pro consideration at defensive tackle. And the crazy thing is they haven't gotten almost anything out of Keekley and Davis this year. Davis really hasn't had a good year, I don't think. What? Until tonight. I don't think he's really played particularly well. And Keekley has just been hurt. I think they both had very good nights uh, on Sunday Night Football. And Norman's playing outstanding. Kwan Short, uh, now he gets a little national attention. I think he'll start getting that Pro Bowl love. It's become a, a bit of a tiresome narrative. We've been talking about it. Cam Newton, MVP. Uh, maybe Again, the numbers aren't there, but he is uh, lording over a 6-0 and team now. What did you guys see from Cam today? Did you like what you saw? Three interceptions. I mean, to me, it's a kind of a game that I think about with a lot of this MVP talk. He's been very good, but it, I think it's a full team, and he's not doing as much as Tom Brady's doing, or Aaron Rodgers, or Andy Dalton, for that matter. I love Cam Newton. I've always right, uh, loved watching him. I just don't think he's it's quite gotten, there. It's kind of gotten to the point where if you don't, you know, shower Cam Newton with praise. You're somehow greatly overlooking what he's been able to do. But it just happens that there are other quarterbacks that are at a much he's a top higher five level. Quarterback. But when he, you're playing what, at the level, what level? What? top five. That's where Three. I've had him. Top five right now. When you got somebody playing at the level of Tom Brady, I don't. You can talk about Cam Cam Newton all you want, but there's one guy atop the MVP race now, and it's Tom Brady. Sorry, I, Cam. No doubt. I love seeing Jonathan Stewart uh, having such a. Nice couple of games here. I think he's run hard all year. He doesn't have the same explosion, but he's just... I mean, he, he got it, made a big play he, today. He's, he's, he doesn't even have the same explosion he had down the stretch but last he's not year. Cheat, but he's, he's running not hard. them on any No, runs. I agree. And you take a look at the upcoming schedule here uh, for the Panthers. They got home to Indianapolis. Nice spot for them there. To get to 7-0, you would think. They would be in good shape. And then that's here's the game. Now, we want to figure out how good are the Panthers. Home against... Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that's a good game to watch. Uh, uh, I'm already week nine. forward to that. Yeah, that's a great one. Maybe get, throw Wes a bone, give him that game. Unless you want it, Greg, but I'll stay out of this. <laughs> I'll take it. And by, it's, <laughs> it's funny that we're just looking past the, the old Cam Newton and Andrew Luck on Monday Night Football. Now, there's that's, a na- game for some something. narratives. We won't even get into it, but there's a narrative game if I ever heard one. Andrew Luck at his lowest moment in his career. I would say, and Cam Newton riding higher than he ever has. I've I've already started the narrative. Look at that. There you go. I've enjoyed this podcast tonight especially because there is a lot of scientist heat. But it comes out of a place of begrudging respect, yes or no. (laughs) It's not even begrudging respect. We were having heat even when the the cameras are off about nonsensical issues. All right. Just how we do. Okay. That's it. Those are the games of Sunday, and it it was a fun week. It was great talking about it with you guys. I love talking football with you guys. And um, so I'm thankful. It's not Thanksgiving yet, but I'm saying that I'm <laughs> thankful. Uh, Mark Sessler will be on a plane if he goes to sleep tonight and then uh, gets up and then makes the flight. A lot of things. If he goes to sleep. A lot of ifs. There's a, a lot, lot of, of, there's like a Ryan Mallet thing going on And, uh, and nothing weird happens on the flight. And nothing weird on the flight. No, no international landings. incidents. Things have happened on flights. <laughs> uh, if all that comes, uh, you know, no incident, he will be back in that chair uh, on Tuesday, the group will be reunited. But thank you very much to Colleen Wolf for joining us for the full show. 
or just about. She did awesome. And uh, Connie Fox, they call her. Oh, yeah. So thank you to Colleen, and uh, thank you guys. We will be back on Tuesday uh, with another big show uh, going over Monday night and look ahead to Thursday Night Football. Maybe our fork discussion will continue. Mm. This is Dan Hansa signing up for The Mailman, The Boss, and TD Behind the Glass. Till Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.